You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting tastes in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be putting the spotlight on some really cool local artists. And first up in that series is Brantford, Ontario's own Sun Junkies. Sun Junkies are an amazing garage rock band that I've had the chance to get to know over the last few years. Their new album sees them maturing and growing as a band while still maintaining a lot of that slacker rock sensibility. So we're very excited to have Noah and Nick with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Alrighty, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having us. us. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, just because there are two of you, uh, could you introduce yourselves and say what you do in Sun Junkies? I'm Noah, and I uh, write and sing and play the guitar in Sun Junkies. And I'm Nick, and I play the drums, and I drive the band. <laughs> hey, I mean, if we're being honest, you know, if we're covering all our bases, yeah, yeah, for real. Are you the are you the only one with uh, with the license? No, Ethan also has a license, but I am the owner of the uh, the current tour van that we oh, have. So Nick okay. literally and figuratively drives the band. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> double meaning. And what what is the what has been the status of the of the tour van these last uh, you know year and a half? It's a uh, guzzling gas. Like there's no tomorrow. It's guzzling gas. Like it was born to do it. But uh, I keep telling myself every day I get in that thing that it's going to pay off eventually, which it will. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. This man's driving it to work and back every yeah. day, like a soldier. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. So I want to, uh, we're going to, we're going to kick things off. Um, you guys have just put out this new um, EP. Are you, are you calling it an EP or an album? It's an EP. Yeah. Okay. Spotify right. wants to call it an album. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe them. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, and, and I was sort of listening to it this morning. I mean, and it's, and it's great. Like I, I said that to you, you guys before we started, like, you know, I would expect nothing less, but there's the first song that like caught my eye before I even started listening. Um, just because I'm a sucker for like a long title um, <laughs> is I broke Nick's bong and now I owe him $160. <laughs> um, talk to me about this song. Like uh, it, it, it sounds probably like, you know, th- there were some songs on this, on this EP that felt like they were a, a slight departure for you guys from, from previous releases. But th- this, this one's felt at least to me, like just quintessential sun junkies. Um, yeah. So uh, talk to me about That's this song. Fair. Tell me what it's about. So that that song was probably one of the fastest songs I've ever written. I um, was in the shower after work and I thought of the ooh part. I, I don't know how. And then I went outside to smoke weed naturally, <laughs> as one does after work. And I mean, the song says it all, really. My bog was disgusting. <laughs> I didn't want to hit my bog. So I took Nick's bong out and I went outside and I started smoking weed and then i played i picked up my guitar and i was playing my guitar and i have like this swing thing in my backyard and it's uh i don't know it's like an outdoor swing and i was sitting on that and i leaned up the guitar beside it and then the guitar fell over and the headstock of the guitar shattered nick's bog and the way you tell the story too is like you saw it in slow motion oh, falling God. onto <laughs> it and it's the fucking saddest moment of my life <laughs> your heart just sinks in that moment 
And it was an expensive bong, as the title indicates. <laughs> so, so, the, so the song presumably ex- expanded out from there. Um, Nick, is it a uh, is it a bit is it a bit uh, heartbreaking to to hear this song? Uh, d- does it uh, evoke any emotions for you? Honestly, Alex, if anything else, it's just downright disrespectful. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, in, in in actuality, I I'm glad that it gets to live on through the song and. I like. I don't think I've ever really laughed harder at being shown a new song by anyone I've ever played <laughs> music with than like in this moment of him playing the song and saying like the line "I was shook, man, so surprised, I right. lost my lost my mind." <laughs> so is is this song how he broke it to you, or 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 had he previously told you that he because because I'm thinking like if I if I you know broke someone's anything writing a song about it seems like a really good way to break it to them you know <laughs> i you think know, i told him about it right before but then yeah, yeah the, the, the song, song came it was like right right after that like the next day it was like no i i got a whole song around yeah. it like this yeah <laughs> i broke a bong and then i instantly wrote the song there you go i guess i kind of left that out of the story i literally went into my garage and i started writing the song and uh, i actually had to go somewhere and, and then my sister kept coming up and be like okay we gotta go and i'm like yeah one second <laughs> I gotta finish this last chorus. There you but go. Yeah. There you go. Um, and uh, and before we tie a bow on this uh, on this part of the show, uh, have you paid him the hundred and sixty bucks? I have. I paid there it pretty go. quick. But then, as I said in the song, I was broke as fuck. <laughs> Especially after that. Especially. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get into this song selection. Um, none of these songs I'm too familiar with, which I always love. Like the, the best thing for me about doing this show is is getting to listen to new tunes, and uh, you know, quite often songs that played on the show will become some of my favorites. So um, let's kick things off with Doctor Dog. Later, uh, what do you guys like about this tune? Do you want to elaborate on that? Ah, oh, it's something like the. The lead riff, like the lead riff that comes in the beginning, I don't know if it's played on, a, if it was programmed on a MIDI piano or if it's on a real piano, but uh, I, I love like the the vibe that Dr. Dog tried to, tries to cast on this whole record. Anyway, I love the sound. Like I think it's so authentically themselves without trying to like rip off any bands from days of old. You know what I mean? Like they're not trying to go for a certain era, but it's so like it has such a nostalgic sound if you know what i mean by yeah, that yeah. yeah i feel like they're very reminiscent of like the 60s and they kind of have like a beatles vibe but it's not like one of those like oh this band really wants to be the beatles right. kind of situation exactly <laughs> yeah 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 well it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because that was actually and, and we're going to talk about this song a little bit later but um that was kind of what i thought almost exactly what i thought about uh your guys' tune say what you say with just like the little piano bits and the and, and all of just the added instrumentation it, it it felt it felt beatlesy without being like too on the nose about it like it's it, <laughs> where it's like so you definitely have bands that are a bit a bit too on the nose <laughs> about it i got a job i got to move this paper i guess it's all the same to you but I can't sit around and laugh Can't sit around and 
uh, let's chat about uh, fuck with my friends. Uh, la 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 la, uh, a band that I'm not familiar with at all. Um, tell me about this band, and then uh, tell me about why you why you picked this song. Um, la 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 la. We I think we discovered them. They opened for Surfers. Yeah, we saw them in what was it like 2017? Yeah, like late 2017 at the Smiling Buddha. Back when that venue was still still around. And uh, we were so stoked about about seeing them. Like I'd never heard of them before the show, and then they put on an amazing show. And they were just, you know, like like dyed hair, like a bunch of tattoos, like these crazy outfits, and this super like eclectic personality. And like I I personally fell in love right away. Yeah, like, these these great these people are great. It's just a super well recorded like DIY record. I think they captured that lo-fi sound really well, which is something I'm a sucker for personally. As soon as the guitar sounds awful in the best way then yeah. i'm there well yeah and and that's actually interesting because like certainly um in the like the first song on the record um if you don't know by now is um it seems a lot grittier and more lo-fi than than previous stuff that you guys have put out it seems a lot scratchier and more raw um any any inspirational link between the two um not with that song specifically I think that's a song that we've been listening to recently and again, but we listened to a long time ago. Yeah. But I think with some of the other songs that we picked here, definitely that was an inspiration. Like we were definitely going for a more lo-fi sound this time because the first, when we recorded Technicolor, we were kind of just figuring out how to record at all and make like noise, <laughs> like make noise that didn't sound awful to your ears. Pretty much. Yeah. So now we were actually trying to like, stylize it a little more and like yeah like i said i've always been a sucker for music that sounds i don't know um bad <laughs> yeah like i don't even know. i, I want to use something fancy or more poetic like more authentic but it's like yeah like more like scratchy like more raw you know there's something about it like a little muddy yeah absolutely yeah. like we didn't we didn't start recording these songs with the intention of directly like going for a specific sound at all but i think that as we kind of really sunk our teeth into the recording process we we realized that this is the way it's going to turn out if we continue on this path and we wanted to make something that we honestly like would listen to ourselves more than anything else and that was a big part of that for sure yeah totally so talk to me about opening bands because like you know i i love discovering new bands at gigs and 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 honestly like that's been one of the biggest sort of losses for me over this past year and a half um what do you like what, what do you guys look for when you're going to a gig and like you know what what is it about an opening band that is there like any sort of consistent thread that sort of makes them stand out to you guys personally i think if an opening band can get a crowd to move yeah. that's huge yeah that's massive right Absolutely. there you know that's a good band because yeah. nobody shows up expecting the opening bands to be good at all yeah so if you can <laughs> if you show up to an opening band and you start seeing people dance yeah. then that band is good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Sorry, could you repeat the question? <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, what do you look for in a good, uh, in a good opening band? Uh, I, I like your answer. I, I fully agree with that. And I think there is something to be said about the uniqueness of a project. If I, if I find myself like looking back to the stage, you know, like if I'm having conversation with like with, with the band and with the, the other guys at the show or whoever is, whoever else is there that I know, and I keep turning around to watch the band for whatever reason that makes me get into someone so much, so much yeah. faster. Like it's funny you say that. Cause I, I had that when, and, and we were, we were at this gig, although we didn't know each other at the time, the, the Skaggs gig at the horseshoe and the opening act was no bro. And I remember like 
from that point onwards, I was like the biggest Nobro fan because because they had the percussion, and it was like exactly as you're describing. It's like you can't you can't take your eyes off it because it's just so unique and it's so like yeah, it's what is going on? Yeah, exactly. I've never seen that before. Yeah, anytime yeah. any band can do something like that, that definitely catches your attention. Like an instrument you've never seen on stage, that'll do say, it. Extra instrumentation is such a huge thing for that. Like if if a band brings out like a, a what was the band we saw at Monarch Tavern? Uh, Numb Tongues. Numb Tongues. Yeah, and they had they had like a sax player and a horn player, like two horn players. And I remember they opened up for us uh, when we did the uh, the tour kickoff show in Toronto, and then uh, I just like watching them i was like mesmerized by how tight they were and how they were able to keep all those parts like so tight with each other it was yeah. like second nature and that that's another thing too like if you if you can see the chemistry on stage between a, like a group of people in a band it's that's a magical thing in and yeah, of itself yeah. well we're talking about local bands and chemistry ricochet best band ever made yes yeah if you're watching <laughs> them oh my god they're they probably my Rick. favorite band to watch because you literally watch them like do a bit in a song and then they look at each other and be like, oh, do it one more time. And then they all do it one more time. Yeah. And it's like, it's the funniest shit to have ever to watch. There is no way to figure it out. Just sleep late and keep your head down and fuck with your friends. Fuck with your So let's talk about where where'd my pets go? Uh, the fern or just ferns? Um, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I, I think, think I think so. as well as you can pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. With, with the um, long s, with yeah, long ferns, s. multiple s's. Yeah. What do you What do you like about the, uh, this group? Um, everything. No, this project specifically, Silent Gold, is just like a record I found in high school. I don't even know how. And it's just been very near and dear to my heart ever since. Again, it has like that lo-fi sound where it sounds like either it could have been recorded forever ago or in the worst home studio you've ever seen. But it sounds awesome in the same way. There's like some really cool like synths on here. I don't even know. It's just an awesome project start to finish. It's it's something about like not even like I'm not even trying to guess if they recorded it in a studio or not, or if the production sound was intentional or not, because I'm too busy loving how it sounds at all. Like I'm, I'm not interested in questioning, questioning it or trying to dissect it because it's just so perfect. Like it's exactly how I would want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let me circle back to this. Cause like, how did you guys go about like on, on the songs that are a bit punchier and grittier and more lo-fi on this record? Like, how did you guys approach that sound? Like, I, because it seems to me like it's the type of thing where like, you know, um, like Dolly Parton, um, always used to say it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. Um, and it kind of, it seems like, you know, getting a gritty lo-fi sound is the type of thing where you could like pump a bunch of dough into it to get that sound, or you could just kind of just use shit gear um, like, or, and, and probably a myriad of options in between. Um, how did you guys uh, approach kind of capturing that sound? Um, honestly, it was a lot of pedals 
yeah, <laughs> a lot a of lo- pedals and then like uh, plugins after and stuff if you want an honest answer um yeah i don't know um we pretty much just experimented a lot with mic placements and stuff too yeah. that was a huge part of like how we got like such a distinct drum sound yeah that was i i would say like as boring as it sounds to say that mic placement was such a huge part in a lot of like the different instrument sounds like drums drums especially um when we were when we were doing the drum takes i had my snare break on me when we were doing initial demos so i went on facebook marketplace and bought this cheap cb snare for like 20 bucks or 30 bucks from some guy and i i i threw new heads on it and i tuned it super low and put a dampener on it and then we uh we double mic'd it and that was like when once we kind of got to that point in the process of like kind of working out all the different sounds i think that's when we realized we were in the thick of like making that sort of the vibe we were going for yeah. you know right that's crazy like it, it kind of reminds me of um uh zach carper from fiddler you know that um that guitar that he has that's like uh with the spider webs on it the black yeah. one yeah apparently yeah. like he just got that at like a pawn shop for like 30 bucks or something like he doesn't even know like what brand it is or anything like that it's just kind of yeah. i think it's like a costco it, guitar or something yeah, yeah <laughs> it's something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he must have just know. swapped out the pickups or something but yeah. yeah yeah sometimes that's all you need man you just need some crappy thing and just make your slight modifications and it ends up being great i mean we're recording all through like squire guitars and like not great amps like i didn't like on technical i didn't even have a tube amp we were recording yeah. through my solid state fender champion for my guitar takes so yeah sometimes like i think for us specifically we kind of like fall into that sound a little more naturally whereas like i know i've heard the story about how like the strokes had some crazy expensive mic like it was like a nine thousand dollar mic and they plugged it into like a shitty little amp like a practice amp and then recorded through that for vocals yeah well you know they can afford it um, yeah well <laughs> yeah, there's right. nothing else there the strokes but you know they're also the, the the rich billionaire real, <laughs> real estate developers so um <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's get into cage the elephant i mean you know it's cage the elephant like what where do you where do you even begin um hypocrite uh and this is this is all i always find it interesting with 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 a band like cage the elephant um when when folks on the show will pick a song by by you know sort of these like bands that i would consider to be like epic you know what i mean like uh, uh, like given their larger body of work uh what do you like about this song God, every, this is my favorite song by them, I think. Um, I don't know. It just has such a raw emotion to it that is rare to come by, I think, in any song. Um, one of the really cool things on this song is the horn part that comes in after like the choruses and whatnot. And I remember hearing in an interview that that actually was completely in, uh, unintentional. And that horn part is actually the horn part used in teeth 
and they accidentally copy and pasted it into the track and it worked perfectly in the spot so they just kept it which is an insane like that's insane that's some studio magic right there yeah yeah that it just it just works just happened happy accident it sounds insane yeah what about you and equity like about this too i again what what noah said about like how like like the emotion that's in this song like and on this record specifically too like i think matt schultz is such a such an authentic person in his writing and i think that's apparent across pretty much every every project that cage the elephant has released but there's so much like thematically on this song and on this record that's like sort of a window into how he thinks and and it sounds corny but i'm kind of in love with the way the guy thinks you know what i mean like the way that he likes to sort of tell a story and the way that he likes to construct his music is so fascinating to me. I'll, I'll never get tired of it tonight So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with say what you say. Um, this song was like it really it, it it really struck me with just kind of the as we discussed earlier, like the the added instrumentation. It seems like poppier um, than most of the other songs on the record. Like m- more in like the traditional sense of the word pop. Like um, uh, yeah, as I as I say, like it it gave me like a big a, a lot of Beatles energy. Um, uh, tell me about this song. Like, what, uh, what, what's it about? What, uh, what inspired you to add the instrumentation, uh, top to bottom? Tell me about this tune. I, I think the lyrics on the song are very sweet, and uh, I think I wanted to reflect that in the music itself. I'm just, I also love when bands add pianos and extra instrumentation and stuff. And once we went to the studio with the bass track, we kind of got carried away a little bit. Right. Me and Ethan in the studio, just like. What if we added a piano here and then what if we took all the guitars out and had like trading backing vocals and all this crazy stuff with the arrangement because at the beginning it's a very simple song it's the same verse and chorus repeated with just that ending but yeah i was just i just wrote that in my garage like all my other songs <laughs> i was just, and um i don't know it's just a very sweet song about just having a good time and how time doesn't last you know so would you say it's kind of about nostalgia definitely in a weird like it, that's that's kind of the vibe it's always given me to be honest yeah i think that's a very uh consistent theme in a lot of my music is the feeling of overall nostalgia and like longing for something that you can't have anymore right yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, definitely this song well and and you know what what a way to kind of give that nostalgic feel um to just kind of give it that sort of that little 
spice of uh, the whimsical <laughs> nature of yeah, yeah, violin and everything. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really a certain, great. you know, like wistfulness to it. And yeah, like you said, when you we were talking about the Beatles earlier and how it has that like kind of Beatles feel, that's definitely what we were going for. I think not when I was writing the song, but when we were producing it and whatnot, we were definitely thinking like some of those crazy arrangements that some of those Paul songs had and stuff. Yeah. Like it's such a whimsical yeah. song. You got, you got to think like Paul McCartney and that. Yeah. Scenario. And that, that, that is, that seems like the key to writing a good song. Just think like Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Our secrets out. <laughs> Secret sauce. Think like Paul. <laughs> like fake Paul or real Paul? Oh, Dead Paul or oh. rubber Paul? Oh, rubber Paul or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? What do you um, do? You guys think that Paul's alive? The real definitely. Paul? But I think Paul's dead is a hilarious theory, and I think almost every Beatles fan had a moment when they were either like really young or really stoned where they <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. started to actually believe that Paul was dead for like an hour of their yeah. life until like something came up yeah. that shattered the whole thing. Well, and I, I love music conspiracy theories because they're so like with, with, with other conspiracy theories, you can kind of understand where it comes from. Like it's a feeling of disenfranchisement and then you need to find a way for it to make sense. But in the case of music, I don't, I can't even wrap my head around like where, like the idea that Kurt Cobain is actually just Rivers Cuomo and like, <laughs> like, like what the hell? Like where, like where does that even come from? Like, These are just people's <laughs> fantasies at this point. They're not even yeah. conspiracy theories. Just somebody fantasized about this yeah. and went, oh my God, imagine. <laughs> I got to dig up some evidence right now. It's yeah. like, but, build a case yeah yeah it's not even finding justification it's just what could be even crazier than him <laughs> actually being dead and i think yeah. people also just want to like get a bunch of views on the internet so they're like yeah what's the craziest like conspiracy nut headline i could come up with yeah. for nirvana fans to dig their teeth into Um, all right, guys. So let's um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up. And the way we always end the show is uh, give you guys a chance to plug your latest release. I don't know if you guys have like tentative gigs planned or, or anything like that, but uh, but uh, tell the folks where to check out your stuff and uh, and what they can expect to hear from you. Our new EP, Unconventional Methods of Transportation, is available on all streaming services. Um, we're going to have CDs and cassettes and everything soon. So look out for that. We'll be able to mail some merch out. If anyone's looking to get some, uh, some, some CDs or cassettes, we can, uh, we can send to anywhere in Canada at the moment. So feel free to, to hit the DMs about that. And look out for more content. We got plenty of songs and plenty of ideas going or floating around. Yeah, we have, there you go. We have, a we have a couple more things planned. We have a video that's going to come, come out in about a week from now. I guess a, a little live set that we did of uh, us playing some of the songs from the EP. Yep, watch out for that. 
that will actually probably be out by the time this airs. So check that well, yeah, out. It too. definitely will be. And, and actually now, now that I'm, like, I can't believe I, I didn't ask this because I meant to ask this, but um, talk to me about the name of the EP, Unconventional, Unconventional Methods of Transportation. Like that's, that's kind of a fun name. Do you want to take this one? <laughs> uh, I don't, ha- I don't have anything, anything nice to say about it other than it's mostly a bit, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it started off as we were talking about uh, uh, the idea of, you're you're in a boat, but you can't get to where you want to go on the boat because you're stuck in traffic. Like boat traffic. Boat traffic on a lake. And then we we got into this tangent about, you know, like if you were stuck in traffic, what are other ways you could be getting places to, you know, like get to your destination? Like we're talking about, you know, like snowmobiles, water skis, water skis, uh, hot air balloons. We're talking yeah. about <laughs> kite surfing. You know what I mean? Like boosted boards, rollerblade, anything, man, anything you can think of. There's plenty of unconventional methods of transportation. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it boiled down to at the end. It's like, I guess the whole bit is just, you know, yeah, unconventional methods. <laughs> Of getting around <laughs> it just felt like it fitted with the ep it doesn't really necessarily have anything inherently to do with the ep and i'm not gonna lie and pretend it does but i just think it suits it yeah, yeah there's cool no con- no conspiracy yeah nothing no, to nothing. read into no, yeah no yeah, bullshit no, no. here don't read into this <laughs> as much as you want because it means fucking nothing <laughs> you're not gonna get anywhere <laughs> all righty guys thanks so much all right thanks for having us man thank you so much Thanks very much to Noah and Nick for joining us this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself and Alex Anderson. Social media and marketing materials are done by Patreon Walker. And theme music is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugar Glass. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.